This episode of the Cut the Crap Show is part of the Resilience Prescription is brought to you by Get Abstract. Go to getab.li slash rrx. Again, it's G-E-T-A-B dot L-I slash rrx. If you've been a hardcore fan of this show for a while, you know that when I first started off the show, I was breaking down books into golden nuggets and converting it into PDF formats that I was sending out to everybody every single week at the end of the show. Now, I'm too busy for that. I don't have time to do it. But Get Abstract has been doing all that for us for a number of years. They've been doing it so much, they actually have 20,000 different titles. So if you're interested in grabbing the PDF for today's episode, or for last week's episode, or for some other episodes that I'm going to do in the future or in the past, go to getab.li slash rrx. You can download the summary to today's episode on Get Abstract. So again, don't waste time. Get out there. Get your free trial. Go to getab.li slash rrx for your free trial. Also, before we get going real quick, do not forget to throw me in your phone. Throw me in your contact list. I'll wait. I'll wait. Here we go. 1-917-540-8169. What are you waiting for? You're sitting there listening to me, but you're not putting me on your phone. Go and do it right now. 1-917-540-8169. I'm trying to do more texting. I want to text more because I believe it's going to help me build a greater relationship with you. Do you have questions for me? Ask me over text. You have a book recommendation, throw it to me. If you just want to tell me how you love the show, send me a text message. If you have an author recommendation, you got a video that you want to show me, something that would pique my interest. If you want to tell me how you become more resilient because you've been listening to the show, I want to hear that too. If you don't have anything to say, but you just want to say, hey, what's going on, Caligari? Yo, send me a message. 1-917-540-8169. I cannot wait to hear from you. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining yours truly, Ryan Caligiri, on this week's episode of the Cut the Crap Show as part of the Resilience Prescription. My purpose on this planet is very simple, to be a beacon of resilience, optimism, and hope for you. To do my part to build 80 million different beacons of resilience, optimism, and hope around the world, and a part of how I do that is through this show. I believe that through education, through challenging you, through teaching you different aspects of the mind, of resilience, of psychology, we can all become better. And I believe you can become a beacon of resilience as well. So this week on the Cut the Crap Show, we're bringing back friend of the show, Michael Bungay-Stanier. We had Michael on the show. It's almost about three years to the date talking about his first book, The Coaching Habit. I actually have it right over here on my desk. It just so happens. It's one of those books you got to keep uh, around you if you're a coach. The Coaching Habit. Say less, ask more, and change the way you lead forever. If you want to hear the uh, breakdown of that one and all the golden nuggets of that, go back. And again, it was about three years ago, three years ago in June. So go back and listen to that one. But again, this one is a solid book. I love this one. It's a great follow-up. So if you haven't listened to that episode, maybe go back and listen to that one and then come back to this. The Advice Trap. Be humble, stay curious, and change the way you lead forever. Now, the premise of this book is that we're very quick to give advice. I'm quick to give advice. Michael's challenging us to stop doing that because we're not actually doing people favors by giving them advice because our advice is crappy and they don't want our advice and our advice that we're giving them might not be the right advice. So stop giving advice. You might be saying to yourself, well, if people come to me for advice or if people are having a hard time, I'm doing a good thing. I'm trying to help. That's all I'm trying to do, man. Like, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? The big deal 
is that there's a better way to do it instead of giving advice. You want to help? Tune into this episode and listen exactly how you can help in a better way than just handing over cheap advice that might not be a fit. So how's that for a little bit of a teaser? Anyways, enough jibber-jabber. I know you're going to enjoy this one, so sit back, relax, take some notes, and I'll catch you back here at the end of the episode. Enjoy. And I'm very excited to bring back friend of the show. Last time we had him on, this was uh, almost three years to the date. We had him on episode 82 talking about his first book or one of his books, The Coaching Habit. And now we have him talking about The Advice Trap. Be humble, stay curious, and change the way you lead forever. My friend, Michael Bungay-Stanier. Michael, how you doing, man? Brian, I'm excellent. Thank you. It's so nice of you to have me back. What happens after three years is you actually forget what the experience was like three years ago. So you're like, oh, I can't really remember what he's like. Let's bring him back. So I'm <laughs> grateful for your, your poor short-term memory. <laughs> now, you were a great interview. We had a lot of great feedback off of that. And the coaching habit absolutely plays directly into the advice trap as well. For sure. If you haven't gone back and listened to that episode, go back and listen to it. Episode 82. After you listen to it, go pick up The Coaching Habit. It's a great book. I'm Thank sure you. you're going to love today's interview, The Advice Trap. So um, for people who haven't heard of you before or didn't check out the first episode, maybe give us a quick introduction to uh, who you are, what you do, and why you wrote The Advice Trap. Sure. So I'm best known for actually this book, The Coaching Habit. It came out a little over four years ago. And it built on years of me being focused in bringing coaching and coaching skills into organizations. And honestly, being frustrated because as much as I can see the power of coaching in the hands of good managers and good leaders, I just found people struggle with that whole idea because they made coaching into something bigger and weirder than it actually is. So the coaching habit was my attempt to unweird coaching. It's like, look, it's all about simply, can you stay curious a little bit longer? Let me give you seven good questions. And honestly, Ryan, that book has just taken off. It's sold closing in on a million copies now, which is particularly sweet because, you know, it got rejected for three years by publishing houses. So I self-published it. And it's the basis for coaching programs in Microsoft and Salesforce and you know, big companies around the world. But truly what I love about it is it just, whether you're a manager or a leader or an individual contributor or an entrepreneur or a parent, or basically if you interact with human beings in your life, this has turned out to be a book that helps you build better relationships where curiosity is at, is at its heart. Mm. Now, and you know, it meant that I got all sorts of cool badges, like I was named the number one thought leader in coaching last year as well, which was, which was fun. Now, here's the thing. I do, on a regular basis, get all these emails from people going, hey, look, I loved your book. I mean, I literally, just before I got on here, somebody on LinkedIn said, your book changed my life. It changed my parenting style. It changed my team. And I love that. But the truth is, not everybody who reads the book can pick up the questions and go, right, I've got the seven questions. I'm just going to start using them because I've now got the tools to be more coach-like, to stay curious a little bit longer. And really, the advice trap was, at its heart, built to help people who went, Michael, I get in theory, the power and the importance of coaching and asking good questions. But in practice, I still find myself leaping in and giving ideas and suggestions and insights and actions and opinions all the time. And the advice trap is not, a, it's not about advice being bad because advice is great. I mean, you know, this, your whole podcast series are all about giving good advice. It's about when you find yourself 
defaulting to advice as your instinctive habitual response. That's what we're looking to change. And the metaphor that's at the heart of this book is learning how to tame your advice monster. So that's what the advice trap's all about. Or, and its outcome is like, let me show you what it takes to tame your advice monster. Mm. It's a beautiful segue because we'll get right into that one with my first golden nugget. Golden nugget number one says that most of the advice that people give is worthless, but their inner advice monster insists on giving it anyway. <laughs> so talk to us about that. <laughs> sure. I mean, there are three ways your advice isn't nearly as good as you think it is. And the first is this. Almost certainly, if, you're, if you kind of leap into the conversation with advice, you're busy trying to solve the wrong problem. Because, you know, except for the most complex, of all, uh, the most simple of, of challenges, almost always the first thing that somebody shows up with isn't the real challenge. It's their best guess. It's an approximation. It's a hypothesis. But rarely is the first articulated challenge the real challenge. But even if it is, even if they've somehow shown up and they've perfectly crafted the insightful thing going, this is the thing we've got to crack here. The second reason your advice doesn't work is quite frankly, your, your advice just isn't as good as you think it is. Hmm. And for all the people who are listening going, oh, look, Michael, you don't even know who the hell I am. How <laughs> can you possibly say that my advice is no good? I'll say to you this, I know about cognitive biases. And we all have these cognitive biases, which just make us think we're better than we actually are. Mm. There's even something called the Donning-Kruger effect, which as somebody once put it in a really blunt way, it said, look, stupid people are too stupid to realize that they're stupid. <laughs> what that means is the more confident you are in your answer, the greater danger it is that it's actually not a very good answer. So that's the second reason, which is like, you know what? So often your advice isn't nearly as good as you think it is. And, you know, one way to test this actually is just to go, look at all the advice you get offered up on a regular basis. It's, it's often not that good. It's not that useful. It's not that asked for. And you're like, well, and even the advice you do follow, because you don't follow most of it, even the advice you do follow, it doesn't even work that well. That's how people feel about your advice as well. Mm. But Ryan, just for the sake of argument, Let's just say that actually, not only do you know what the real challenge is, I mean, you're really clear on the problem that needs to be solved. Right. And let's say, just for the sake of this conversation, you have a rip-snortingly good idea. I mean, it is stonker. You know, it's going to solve the problem. It's gold dust. It's a pearl of wisdom. Here's the third place where advice giving goes bad. And it's a leadership question. Because in this moment, you stand at a crossroads where you can ask yourself, what's the best leadership move right now? Is it to give the person the answer? And in doing so, get a good answer to a real problem and get them out of your office and get them on their way, you know, office, however you want to think about that. And at the same time, this is the punishments of that, that action. Start a, a narrative, a message to say to them, look, I'm smarter than you. I have the answers. You don't come to me to the answers. Don't go anywhere else. Don't try and figure this out yourself. Just keep coming to me because I'll sort it out for you. Or do you say to yourself, look, I do have a stonkingly good idea, but what if I help them figure this out for themselves? And it might take a little bit longer, not, not, hours but maybe a few minutes longer it's possible that they won't have quite as good an idea as you've got but the odds are they'll get a good idea an idea that's good enough 
and you'll teach them and they'll learn and they'll grow in competence and confidence and autonomy and self-sufficiency. And actually you win the bigger game, which is developing people around you who feel more confident in themselves, who are more competent, who are more willing to take on accountability and responsibility. And this is that third moment where you go, look, I could give the quick answer or I could grow my people. So they don't even need me to come up with the right answer because they're doing it for themselves. Mm. A lot of my clients really loved your first book, The Coaching Habit, because what you did was you made them challenge their own awareness in terms of how they coach people. Yeah. The advice trap goes even further to go very specific in terms of, hey, boss, I have a question for you. And the boss for, well, I look at my clients in my world, and they are very good at giving advice. They love yeah. advice. It makes them feel good. It makes them feel valued. It makes them feel smart. And their people say, wow, gee, thanks, boss. That's great. But you're right. Very often, they don't take that advice. Maybe right. that advice wasn't the advice they truly needed. And what you're doing is you're, again, challenging our self-awareness to say, do you really need to be giving advice? Is there a different approach that you can't yeah. be taking here? And as leaders, I think we all need to keep that in mind. Well, you, you, you nailed it, uh, Ryan, when you talked about, you know, one of the reasons we like giving advice is it just feels good <laughs> because it, I mean, to put it bluntly, it strokes our ego. It makes us go, look, I'm the smart person here. Look at this. Look, I may be getting old, but I still got my magic. I still got something here. Or you go, see, this is why I paid my dues. This is why I accumulated all of this knowledge. See, so I can dish it out to the younger generation. This is, that's good. Or you say to yourself, look at me. I am, a, I'm, I'm saving everybody around me. I'm helping everybody. I'm so noble. Mm -hmm. Or you go, look, I, you know, what's great about medium advice is I just get to stay in control of the situation the whole time. Mm -hmm. So there's all sorts of ways that, whereas we like to give advice in part because we spend our lifetime being trained that the way you add value is to give advice. And that's a, that's something that it's worth challenging and, and interrogating going, that's, that's actually not true anymore. But also just to realize that below that habitual level, there's a way that we give advice to, to, to make us feel good. Yes. And so this is why this is, this is hard change. This is real work. This is a real, this is, this is, this book is far more provocative, I think, than the coaching habit because it really does hold up a mirror and go, are you willing to shift your behavior so that you get to serve others and allow them to truly flourish? I agree. It definitely is a lot more direct and it goes against the grain of what we are taught. I feel, and, and, and I got to let you know, cut the crap podcast nation. I'm just as bad as you. I'm sure I, I get caught in <laughs> all the time and reading this book. It's funny, Michael, how I went on this path was I picked up your book. I read it and I was like, man, you know, I got to go back and read the coaching habit again because I picked up all these bad coaching habits. Yeah. It's just one of those things where, again, I'm not saying this because you're on the show right now and I'm talking to you. I'm trying to blow up your head. But the <laughs> answer to that is that we have developed bad habits over and over again. Unless we're, we're self-aware enough of what we're doing, we're not going to change. And so the advice trap and the coaching habit together, they play well synergistically to help mm. me a better coach, help me lead stronger uh, teams, uh, individuals. And this not only applies to the boardroom and the business, but it applies to families, to friends, to your community. Like it's widespread. And so I think that's why this book and the advice you're giving is so applicable to everybody. But, yeah, that, but that really leads me to question number two, which is really fascinating to me. 
It's learning how to shut down your advice monster and become right. more like a coach. And you share with us three or four factors, which I found very interesting. You have number one, who let the dogs out? Number two, confessions, right. three prizes and punishments, and four, future you for the win. So yeah. let's do this, my friend. Yeah, sure. This is this is um, a powerful piece of work. In fact, it's based on some uh, other research that I've seen that when I went through it myself, I was like, this has actually been one of the more profound change moments in my life. And to set it up, we just need to talk about the difference between easy change and hard change. And the, what I tell Cut the Crap Nation is to say, look, you know what easy change is, and not surprisingly, you're pretty good at it. <laughs> easy change looks something like this. You decide you need to do something differently. You figure it out. Maybe you read a book or you watch a, a YouTube video or you listen to a podcast or you get a teenager to explain it to you. You, you. you start doing it. You're not that good at the start, but it's not too scary. You get better over time. And at a certain point, you kind of tap out because you're, you're masterful enough. And you do this all the time. You know, for instance, for some people listening in, the move to work more at home was easy change. You're like, okay, I just got to set up my desk and set up my computer and build in some routines and say to the kids, don't run through the office naked when I'm on a Zoom call or whatever it is. <laughs> so we're all good at easy change. We all master these things on an everyday basis. Hard change is trickier and everybody knows hard change as well. If you've ever had a New Year's resolution that you keep coming back to and you're like, why can't I crack this? Or a performance management conversation where somebody goes, yeah, you know, Ryan, you've really got to work on your ex. Mm. And we talked about this last year. And actually, we talked about it the year before that as well. And Ryan goes, I mean, damn it. <laughs> I want to make this change. I'm trying to get this done. But for some reason, I feel stuck. And the metaphor I would give people is easy change is a bit like downloading an app. It is additive to your current state. You're like, I've got a little bit more knowledge. I've got a little more process and, and, and bandwidth. Important thing to be able to do. But hard change is actually when you run up against something that just downloading an app doesn't work. It's actually when you go, you know what, I need to upgrade my operating system. I need to level up in that way. I'm really, whereas easy change is a bit about refining present you, the person you are today. Hard change is when you said, I'm actually working towards future me a better version of myself, a level up version of myself. And this is what we run into all the time. This is the real struggle. This is where coaching can be particularly powerful. And understanding how this works is, is exactly what Ryan's asked me to explain. So let me go through these steps. But before I do, Ryan, I just want to check in with you. Does that all make sense so far in setting up easy change and hard change? Loud and clear, my friend. I'm glad you prefaced that. Yes. Perfect. So... Hard change. Here's where you start off. And as Ryan says, it's like step number one, basically who let the dogs out? <laughs> Here's what I mean by that. It's like, who is it that, that triggers your bad behavior? What's the, who's the person? What's the moment? What's the situation? Let's say for the sake of argument and because there's the conversation when that you're looking to be more coach-like. And that's, you heard me say it before, but I'll say the definition again. Can you stay curious a little bit longer? Can you rush to action and advice giving a little bit more slowly? So that's the, that's the behavior changer after. And hopefully I persuaded you a little earlier on that this is worth at least testing out, at least exploring to see how it will change the way you lead forever. So first of all, think about, okay, what triggers me <laughs> into not 
behaving like that? Who are the, what are the situations? What are the people? What are the moments where I do the opposite of being more coach-like, you know, and I launch into advice and ideas and suggestions. That's step number one. It's really helpful and it's absolutely necessary for you to effectively identify your advice monster. What does it look like? What does it sound like? What do you do? How do you react? Who triggers you? And I'll say as an aside, for those of you who want to figure out what your, who your advice monster is, there are three, tell it, save it, and control it. Mm. Um, at the, uh, the advicetrap.com website, there's actually a little questionnaire you can take to, to figure out which advice monster you are. Nice. So you figured out your behavior, you figured out your advice monster, you got a sense of that, that's great. Then there's a kind of truth-telling piece. And this is when you ask yourself, what are the prizes and punishments that I get from behaving in this way? Because there is definitely short-term wins that you get from defaulting to this old way of behaving, defaulting to this way of actually um, behaving in, a, in an advice-giving way. And we kind of touched on some of it. You know, it's like we, you you feel smarter, you feel like you're adding value, you feel like you're in control, you feel like you're saving the world, you get all of that stuff that not only, that basically makes you feel good. It puts you in a position of control, which actually makes you feel good. So that's a really powerful insight right away. And you will know instinctively what that, what those prizes and punishments are. But for most of us, we've never written them down. <laughs> we've never really stared them in the face and gone, huh, okay, you know what? I see that now. Mm -hmm. Then there's a moment where you go, you imagine what the, the alternative behavior would be. And you kind of get clear about if I wasn't giving advice, what would I be doing instead? And we do another, basically we do another prizes and punishments exercise, which is you look to your fear at, at what that behavior might engender. So, it's kind of instead of prizes and punishments, it's punishments and prizes. You're like, okay, let's say in this person, in this moment, you actually stay curious. You actually ask questions. What would you be worried about? What would you be afraid of? You know, what are you concerned and anxious about what would happen? And you name your fears. It's really helpful. It's really helpful to go, Oh, I'm seeing some of the deeper resistance I have to showing up and being more curious. And then you need to flip that to see the advantages, the prizes of that future behavior. What, the way you would win from that, which is often things around, I'd feel less pressure. I'd feel less need to try and control the stuff I can't control. I wouldn't feel like I have to save the world. I wouldn't have to feel like I have to have all the answers to all the things. I wouldn't feel like I had to control everything, even the stuff I can't control. But it's not just you who wins. It'd be worth going, how would they win? Well, and you've heard me use some of this language already, you know, more competent, more confident, more autonomous, more self-sufficient, growing, fulfilling my potential. And if you work in an organization, your organization wins as well. You know, you've got better, smarter people who are owning the responsibility that is best theirs to own. And working through this process, you start seeing the trade-off, the prizes and the punishments that might be happening. And then you face this question, which is like, okay, you see the prizes and punishments for this future you state of behaving. Is it worth it? <laughs> do the prizes outweigh the punishments? Because if they do, 
you've actually unlocked something in you. You found a way of starting to tame your advice monster that will allow you to start using the tools that are talked about in the coaching habit book, but also some additional tools in this new book as well. Ryan, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big process <laughs> and I've done my best to condense it in 10 minutes or so. So um, thanks for allowing me to try and uh, talk that all that out. It's one of those things, Michael. And again, there's so much meat to this and cut the crap mm. nation. We're lucky that we have one of the world's best coaches here with us because he was able to articulate it in a very clear fashion, but I know that that was heavy. So what I'd recommend you do is go back over that again, listen to it, take notes because there was a lot of golden nuggets within that explanation in terms of how you can short circuit, how you can shut down the advice monster and become a better coach. Yeah, Ryan, if, if I was going to say two things for people to do from that, because you're right, there was a lot there and people might be feeling a bit overwhelmed by it. I'd say, look, there's, there's two critical things to do. The first is to identify your advice monster. And you can do that just by starting to notice it or do it by taking the questionnaire I mentioned earlier on. And the second is to look at the prizes and punishments of your current behavior, what you get from it and the price you and others pay for it. And that will be a catalyst for you to change your behavior. Mm -hmm. Completely agree. Completely agree. Some great, uh, great next steps for uh, all of you to take there if you want to become a better coach. Now, when we're talking about quality coaching, Michael, it's, it's very interesting. Because you say that quality coaching adheres to three principles. And one of them I find interesting. So we have be curious. I like that. Mm, yep. Be often. Okay, maybe explain that one. But this one, man, you got to explain this one to me. Be <laughs> lazy. What do you mean? Yeah, it's, it, you're right. The three principles. I, I've got a little pattern for them. I go, it's be, be lazy, be curious, be often. Nice. And you're right. Be curious is the most obvious of the three. We've been talking about it for the last 20 minutes, which is learn to tame your advice monster because so many of us are triggered into habit, advice, giving solutions, ideas, and we're just trying to slow that down, stay curious a little bit longer. So that's the least controversial of the three. Everyone is nodding their head going, yeah, yeah, I get it. Curiosity. It's a, it's a leadership superpower and, and it truly is. Mm -hmm. Be often. This is one of the key insights that breaks down and challenges the slight weird flavor that coaching can sometimes have. Because, you know, if, it's, if coaching is an occasional formal experience, hey, Ryan, it's the first of the month. Come into my office. We're going to have our coaching conversation for the month. Honestly, that's, that's, that's always going to be odd. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. And I'm like, okay, I can't manage you the normal way. We can't have a normal conversation. I have to have a coaching conversation with you. So I'm behaving weirdly and you're behaving weirdly and it, everything kind of breaks down. So being often is in some ways the most radical of those three principles. It says this, every interaction in person, in real life, over Zoom, on chat, synchronous, asynchronous can be a bit more coach-like. Because remember, being more coach-like boils down to, can you stay curious a little bit longer? And that means that when you're on Slack, you know, you get to be more coach-like by going, let me ask a question rather than leaping in with a paragraph of opinion and advice. So being often is to say every interaction with somebody can be a bit more coach-like. I mean, even this podcast, you know, to the people who are listening, I've got a question for you. So far, and we're, we're, we're coming to the end of this, but what's been most useful or most valuable for you so far in this podcast? Mm -hmm. And 
we can call that a coaching moment if you like, but honestly, I'm just curious. Like I want you to tell me and I want you to tell Ryan, what are you taking from this? Where is this useful? What can you put in the, the review the show for Ryan and put what was most useful about this episode in the, in the show review. It's, it's a coaching moment and it's me making being more coach like often every interaction I have with somebody, I'm like, can I ask a good question here? But you're right that Ryan, the, the most provocative of those three principles is be lazy because this is, this is the cut the crap nation. This is not a bunch of people who are sitting around, you know, eating bonbons on pillows. There are people who work hard, who are ambitious, who, who have goals, who are looking to make a difference in their life. But be lazy says, look, stop working so hard to save other people, to do other people's work for them get out of the way because it's exhausting for you and it's insulting for them. Your job is to do your work. And that is to focus on the work that's assigned to you and get that done. And it's also to work and coach and support those around you so they can do their work at the most effective, focused, impactful way. So being lazy doesn't mean don't do any work. What it means is, get your nose out of other people's businesses, <laughs> stop saving them from themselves and allow them to step forward to assume the responsibility and accountability that so many of them are hungry for. That's right. That's the difference where I know a lot of you in Cut the Crab Nation, when you're sitting here listening to this, a lot of you have bosses, you work for um, people who they like to solve your problems, right? They might micromanage, they might tell you what to do on a regular basis. But Michael's bringing a different approach to us, a better approach. And when you keep these principles in mind, it will make you a better coach overall. And there's so many different golden nuggets from it. And we got only one more left, but I'm telling you, man, there's so many different golden nuggets that we could have picked from, but I got to pick from only a handful. Otherwise, we'd be <laughs> for three hours. What is the Joe Rogan podcast? I appreciate yeah. you. Exactly. I appreciate your discipline. <laughs> That's right. So one more question for you, my friend. And this is a, a bit of a meaty one. So we'll, we'll, we'll test you and see how easily you can condense this one down. But right. instead of giving advice, help people identify their challenges and you give us six pitfalls to avoid twirling yeah. coaching the ghost settling popcorning big picturing and yarning we got a meaty answer coming up everybody so get your pens and uh paper ready yeah you're right these are these are six pitfalls i call them the fogifiers because if your challenge if one of the most valuable things you can do in this world is help people figure out what the real challenge is then the fogifiers are the things, the mist that gets in the way of you seeing clearly. Mm -hmm. So you're right. We've got these six fogifiers. I'm going to talk about two of them. Perfect. There's twirly. And, and this is, this is a joke. This is a bad pun. And somebody gave it to me, my friend Lucinda, we were, we were in the glory days when we were still traveling. She and I were in Sicily together and I was trying to explain this concept to her and I'm going, I can't find the right language for it. And she goes, oh, it sounds like they're twirly. And I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, oh, too early. They keep jumping in too early. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's perfect. I like a good, bad pun. So twirly is this idea that you go, oh, I think I, kn I, think I know what the problem is. I'm assuming that the challenge they bring to the table is the real challenge. You know, we talked a bit about this a bit before. And you're like, let's just run with it. Let's just run with the first thing that shows up. And this is, this is the twirly fogifier. And the question that you want to start building into your practice to help unpack that is 
what's the real challenge here for you? It's the focus question that I talk about a lot in the coaching habit. And again, a little bit in the, the advice trap, it is the question that allows you to build a superpower about being the person who figures out the real challenge. So what's the real challenge here for you? So Twirly is a classic, a real one to, that gets in the way. What I might, I'll give you another one. And this is particularly helpful if you're working with more senior people. And it's the big picturing uh, fog of fire. And big picture is, you know, when you say, hey, Ryan, what's, what's on your mind? And he goes, you know what? It's, it's an odd and interesting time to be a podcast host. I mean, Joe Rogan sold, sold his show for $20 million, $200 million. And distribution is more complicated than ever. And I'm actually trying to run three podcasts under a single brand. And I've got this new hairstyle. And I'm not sure how that's translating <laughs> to the podcast audience. And my demographic is shifting. And it becomes a really kind of interesting conversation in some ways about the state of the problem, you know, the podcast world. But at the end of it, I'm like, but, but why are we having this conversation? And is there something particularly that's troublesome or difficult for Ryan? And how am I actually helping here? And big picturing is when they talk in that abstract way. And the more senior you get, the more inclined you are to do this. You're more inclined to talk about we and us and them and they rather than about me and I and here's my challenge. And here you want the same question. What's the real challenge here for you? But you shift the emphasis a little bit. Whereas for Twirly, you might go, but what's the real challenge here for you? And actually force them to kind of dig deeper on that. Here I would put the emphasis towards the end of the sentence. I'd go, hey, Ryan, I hear all that stuff about the podcast. But when you think about you and the Cut the Crap show, what's the real challenge here for you? And now I'm like, I don't care about Joe Rogan and I don't care about new subscription services and I don't care about Libsyn and I don't care about haircuts. What I care about is understanding what's the real challenge here for you. And that is a way of bringing somebody down, grounding somebody so that they're actually now talking about how this is hard for them, not what's tricky about the situation in general. So that's just two examples. That's two of the six fogifiers, the, the roadblocks to getting clear on a challenge. And what's cool is that single question, what's the real challenge here for you, unlocks all of them. But how you ask that question can make all the difference. Completely. That's the advice trap. Be humble, stay curious, and change the way you lead forever. I'm a good friend, Michael Bungay Stanier, and I'm telling you, Cut the Crap Nation. There's so many golden nuggets in this one, just as there was in the coaching habit. If you haven't gone back and listened to that one, that's episode 82. Go back and listen to that. And um, hear our first conversation that we had almost three years to the date. Yeah. But while you're at it, go out there, pick up the advice trap. Because again, if you are looking to become a stronger leader, um, become a stronger communicator, a better coach in all sense of the magic, in all senses of the word, whether it's a coach as a parent, a coach within your community, coach in business. Um, these books are applicable to absolutely everybody. So again, Michael, thank you so much for coming on the show. If anyone wants to uh, get in touch with you or connect with you, how can they go about doing that? Yeah. I mean, for people who want to dig into the stuff around the book, the advice trap.com is really good. Um, there's a bunch of free stuff there, including that questionnaire about your advice monster. If you're after something a bit more general, my hub is mbs.works, the website mbs.works. And I'll just say we've got a terrific 
free online video training called the year of living brilliantly 52 weeks 52 different teachers sharing their very best knowledge and helping you really level up your game to have a fantastic year it's it's one of the coolest things i've created i think and it's totally free so if people want to check that out they'd be welcome absolutely amazing cut the crab nation get out there pick up the books go out there leverage the resources there is a reason why he's ranked one of the best coaches in the world michael bungay stanier Thank you so much again for coming on the show, my friend. It's been absolutely Ryan, you're, you're a fantastic host. I really appreciate the questions, the thoughtfulness, and the encouragement, and kind of picking out the right things to talk about. So thank you. Right, there we have it. That's the advice trap. Be humble, stay curious, and change the way you lead forever. But my friend, Michael Bungay-Stanier, again, friend of the show. If you didn't listen to The Coaching Habit, now that you've done this one, go back and listen to that one. Great episode. If you love the advice trap, if you love the coaching habit, then absolutely go get the PDF summaries for these books by going to getab.li slash rrx and get your three-day free trial and download the summaries. Again, that's getab.li slash rrx. Also, if you love the show, then please send me a text message, 1-917-540-8169. Let me know what your top golden nugget was from this episode. I'm always interested in hearing good book recommendations, good author recommendations. If you found a good article, send me an article. Send me information. I want to know. I want to learn, and I want to learn from you because I know that you guys can learn from me. It goes both ways, you know, both ways. So send me a text message, 1-917-540-8169. Again, if you just want to say hello, that's my phone number. It goes directly to me. In any case, my friends... That's a wrap for this week on the Cut the Crap Show. Stay tuned again this week. We have Brain Jiu-Jitsu. We got Create Your 8. We got more content coming to you that'll help you build your resilience and help you become a beacon of resilience, optimism, and hope and help you short-circuit that monkey brain. In any case, I hope you guys are having a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Stay productive, stay inspired, and absolutely do your absolute best to make your day great. We'll talk to you soon, everybody. Everybody.